to the Movie Planet's bonus show. All of the bloopers, outtakes, and discussions that have nothing to do with the movie of the week, well, we decided let's make a show of that too. Enjoy. Sci-fi horror. Uh, I just call it the alien properties at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I think these are all great movies. <laughs> uh, space fantasy. This is where Dune toppled Star Wars. <laughs> mm. Oh, and you, okay. You go with straight A. I did. Dune. I, I absolutely, if, if, the battle was, uh, do we put it in sci-fi or space fantasy? And I said, it's space fantasy. Yeah. And he, and he was like, why? I go, because it takes place in space and it's a it's fantasy. fantasy. I go, there's no real world ideas here. They literally are playing with the force. Yes. Uh, I mean, the political symbolism of it. Yes. Is. That's a sci-fi theme that you would see. Right. Yeah. But there are direct analogs to when the it was made. Uh, although this, I believe Herbert was in the same boat as Tolkien, where he's like, I'm not making any real world comparisons. It's like you. You kind of are. Yeah. Everybody puts their bias into in yeah. certain things. They may not have known they did it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, but that being said, I also know there's a lot of critics out there that claim, oh, this is what they meant to say. And they're like, no, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's true. Uh, but you know, I was surprised because I could never get into Dune ever. Oh, okay. I hated the book. Uh -huh. I could never watch the 84 all the way through. Mm -hmm. Uh, and anytime that they did a, a reboot on sci-fi channel or something like that, like, yeah. oh, we're going to do the TV. I tried. I could get into it. It was like Blade Runner to me. Wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then when Denny at Villanueva did this, I said, okay, I'll give this a try too. Why the hell not? Walked in, arms crossed. <laughs> and fuck, I get it. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. I like this better than any Star Wars I have seen. And I'm a Star Wars fan. Uh-huh. And watching it i was like there's so much that lucas took from dune yes yes you know and don't get me wrong he did a great thing lucas did mm -hmm. but what i love is how different they are from each other they are and but i also said this to uh, uh sam i said you could make a case that dune takes place in the same universe as star wars mm -hmm. just at different ends of those universes okay and I explained the thing. I was like, okay, that might work. Like they call it the force over here. Over here, it's called this. It's the voice. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. But you have the Jedi. You have the Benny Jesuits. Yeah, you know, they, they're diff they're different interpretations. Like if you go across the Mediterranean Sea, you have a completely different religion. Yeah, but it's still a higher power. It's uh your your Greek pantheon versus your was it Roman Roman yeah yeah. You have analogs for all of the, all of the things. Jupiter is Zeus. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what do you want? We want to start at episode one, Phantom Menace, homie? Okay. Phantom Menace. You're, oh. Now. You have made a mistake, sir. Now, let me just say this. <laughs> a C means it's on grade level. It's average. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've uh, made a mistake here. Yes. This. <laughs> I've made no mistakes. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phantom Menace. Yep. Gets a hole. Oh, you're, you're really going to hate it. I'm, listen, I see four B's and a C. Yeah, but do you see any D's? I see one across from me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly a big old bag of D's. <laughs> What about these nuts? You want you want to give Phantom Menace a D? Yeah. Okay. Okay. A D it is. So okay. All right. Listen, it, I have I have no problem with how people want to interpret their their Star Wars because everybody has their own way of watching it. Mm -hmm. I you're not offending me whatsoever because no matter what, it's still one through six for me. Go for it. What's number two? Attack of the Clones. It got a C plus, a C, a C plus, a B plus out of Steve, and a D out of Sam. We're kind of all over the place. Oh, on this yeah. One. Okay. Uh, Tactical clones, same. It's a D. It's a D. It's a D. There are a couple things that I really like about that one. Okay. Uh, but, oh, that central relationship. It's, what? it's vacuous. It's written for children to understand. That's the thing. 
it, we have to watch these as children. We understand relationships. I, I don't think there's a lot of, there's no chemistry. Oh, that's clear, but they're, yeah. you know, yeah. It yeah. wasn't like they had Irvin Kirchner directing this one. Yeah. It, it was a new hopes, George Lucas. <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of chemistry on that set either. Yes. That's, <laughs> okay. I'll buy into that. <laughs> Press the wrong button. <laughs> Son of a gun. Okay. Uh, so that was episode two. Mm-hmm. Episode three, Revenge of the Sith. B plus, B, A minus, B plus. C plus. You're a little off on this one. Explain why it is barely clinging it to that, that, that C. Um, it, and this might be a case of recency bias, okay. given that I had just watched my least favorite oh. of the series. Which was... Probably two. Okay. Overall. That's tends to be the weakest one of them all. Yes. The, I feel like the first one, the only part I don't like, um, that I can't forgive. I don't, you know, there's a difference in actively liking and like being okay with it. Even with Uh, all the philosophical tones in that one. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I hate the pod race. Well, it's three minutes. Oh, it is not three minutes, sir. It's like five. It is. It feels I, like 20. I believe it's 103. That's not 103 minutes. <laughs> um, but once again, y- you have a situation where that didn't need to happen. Th- there's no, all you're, you're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't need to happen. There's but how else, were they, how else were they going to get Anakin off world? I mean, he cheats the dice roll. Of course he does <laughs> because he's got to get Anakin off world. Yes. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's not a fair comparison at all, silly. actually. I think it's silly. <laughs> um, but so my ranking for revenge might be brought down a little bit. The opening and closing action mm-hmm. is some of the best that's been in Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. I will. The seduction in the middle, that's not hitting you? Not as much. The uh, lava fight. Fantastic. It, Iconic. Uh, but. Kind of, yeah, that middle portion, it it drags for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, it drags. So it's, it's not as propulsive as a lot of Star Wars is. Let's keep going. <laughs> See what you think about the original trilogy, and we'll talk about propulsiveness. Um, okay. <laughs> episode four, A New Hope, C, B, a minus C plus C C plus. It it's kind of all over, but there's a pretty strong middle section there, huh? The now I also want to bring this up. The way I ranked these, the way I graded them, mm-hmm. was how they fit in the overall narrative, not the movie itself. But does it do its job telling the story in the overall narrative? So that's where my grades came from. Mm-hmm. And I felt so when you see my grade, if I get a B plus, I go look. Like a new hope. I give it a C because when you watch that movie in the scope of the entire thing, there's too many inconsistencies because the story, he, he corrected certain things in certain movies mm-hmm. and in doing so a new hope becomes inconsistent. Okay. I'll grant it. If I'm ranking them separately as effective pieces on their own, that's fine. Which, if I'm going overall yeah. for the arc, um, uh, Revenge of the Sith would be one of the strongest. Well, see, it's that, that's why I grade it the way that I did. Okay. Because I feel like this is the high point of the story mm-hmm. in the six movies. Mm-hmm. But when we did this, it was me, JC, and Joel, and we all came up with our different perspectives as to how we were going to grade these. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I'm a firm believer, like, okay, this is going to sound super nerdy. I play fantasy football. I've been playing for 20 years. And whenever I do fantasy football rankings at the beginning of the year, I take eight or nine different websites and I create an entire spreadsheet of all their rankings. And I find averages of everything. I weigh things differently depending on what they are Mm -hmm. because everybody's opinion, regardless of where it's coming from, has a say as to what that player is. Yes. Okay. So- when you see three grades there, you see three completely different perspectives going into it, mm-hmm. which is why our grades seem so off sometimes. Yeah. So for me, like uh, A New Hope, I gave it a 75. Joel was like, A minus. Mm-hmm. It's a C. It's, it's, an a, it's an A minus, man. Yeah. It's a, and I was like, well, I get what you're saying. 
and he gets what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's why I'm not fretting too much about what you have to say because you're bringing a different perspective also, and I love that. Yeah. So you, when you give me those two Ds right there, sure, I want to throw shit at you, but <laughs> I also know it keeps the score honest. Yes. Yeah, and because I appreciate the honesty. If you if you don't have a, a good sample size, yes, yes, yeah, you need the different viewpoints. Like Caitlin, I made Caitlin watch the movies before she graded. I was like, you're gonna watch all three that she's never seen them before. Oh, so when she gave her grades, she goes, I go, okay, what'd you give a New Hope? She goes, it's, a, it's about a C plus. Mm-hmm. I go, what about Empire? She goes, oh, it's a B plus. Okay, B plus. And I go, okay, return. She goes, B. Congratulations, you're in sync with pretty much everything else. Uh-huh. <laughs> So episode four, New Hope, 1977. Mm-hmm. Josh waits till it's 1982 to watch it because he's got to see a re-release because he's not born yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's dunking on me because of my age. That's fine. I was born in 79. Yeah. Okay. Same. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're the same age, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is an A minus. It's an A minus. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you- once again, my viewpoint yeah. is these as individual films. Right. Uh, because, frankly, since the, and this might be part of my bias against the prequels, mm. I was somewhat invested in the EU prior oh, to that. Oh, the expanding universe. Okay. Yes. All right. And I have not, it, it is a thing that has turned me off from getting it involved in expanded universes for any of these properties, any of your major franchises since then. I'm very much the same way right now. Okay. Cause I was somebody like before Lucasfilm sold to Disney, mm-hmm. I had just started my adventures into the expanded universe of star Wars. Mm-hmm. And I found a chronology sheet of all the yes. books and started with tales of the, Oh no, dawn of the Jedi at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got the graphic novel and I read through that and I was like, okay, what's the next one? I started doing this. And then like within a month and a half, they were like, okay, these are all legends. They're not really part of everything. I was like, well, son of a bitch. <laughs> but with the latest Lucasfilm announcement, mm-hmm. one of their properties is Dawn of the Jedi. Yeah. And I'm wondering if they're going to use the source material finally to do something. <laughs> well, and uh, which one is it that is bringing in Thrawn? Uh, that would be, well, Ahsoka's doing it. Yeah. The TV okay. show Ahsoka. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you're blending Mm-hmm. At that point, you're blending the mythology. They even throw the word heir to the empire in there, uh-huh. which is the, you probably know. Yeah. Most famous trilogy ever outside of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. The Timothy's on. Exactly. Yep. My only problem is that you're going to try to fit in with Brit- completely different characters now. Yes. And now it's going to be a diluted product. No matter what happens, it won't hit. Because people want to see Luke Skywalker drinking hot chocolate that Lando introduced to him. Because <laughs> everybody remembers that scene going, wait a second, they got hot chocolate in space? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so New Hope, you gave A minus. Empire Strikes Back, the crown jewel of Star Wars. Yes. Gets B's and B pluses across the board from all of us. Oh, that's an A. Even an A, okay. Yeah. Just perfect film? Well, near perfect. Near perfect. It's for me. Yeah. And this is for my, my letterbox rankings, which spills over into this. Which? Yeah. The final half is something that gets me emotional in some way, shape, or form. It's the greatest reveal of a cl- of, of a spoiler ever. Yes. In history. Yeah. But it doesn't hit, you know, like uh, Whiplash for me gets an A plus because it makes me feel a lot of things. Yes. Um, it, it always gains an extra half star wherever the movie lands even if it pisses me off. I'm putting that hundred in there, by the way. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Whiplash has got a hundred now. Okay. Uh, okay. So Empire's in 95. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Muppets. Okay. Uh, if I was looking at Jedi from my initial perspective. Yeah. It, it was, was my favorite. It was my favorite. Oh, yeah. It was the best thing. It's my most enjoyable watch of the six. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because Ewoks are cute. Yep. And the whole bit with the um the golden god yes <laughs> like it's funny no it, it is but also and for me the reason why like i gave it an 82 but mm-hmm. i knocked it down a whole grade because i was like you didn't need the first 45 because mm-hmm. they try to explain it's a plan but it's the worst plan ever yes and i can't be like oh well the writing saves no it didn't 
that was a problem. But I also looked at Return of the Jedi as this justified Phantom Menace. That Darth Vader is the chosen one. He's uh-huh. this important to take off of that planet. And it's also your final return to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's Luke Skywalker coming in the way Darth Vader ended off of Tatooine, which yes. is kind of a bad seed. Yeah. So I thought that was a brilliant juxtaposition or a mirroring effect, if you will. But Return of the Jedi, I gave a B minus two. JC gave a B plus two. Joel gave an A minus two. We got a B plus, a B plus, and a B. We're kind of all in that upper echelon right there. Yeah. Take us down to a D. (laughs) I shall not. It is a a B. It's absolutely a B. Okay. Well, believe it or not, the only thing that's changing is Phantom Menace is out of the Pantheon. And A New Hope is back in the pantheon. A New Hope has bounced in and out of this thing like a bungee cord. <laughs> okay. Now, you haven't seen Rogue One yet. Yes. Or you have? No, I have not. Okay. As you can see, outside of JC and Joel, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of middling on Rogue One. JC and Joel are riding the high of Vader at the end of it. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about... Uh, okay. The sequel trilogy? Mm-hmm. I'm so worried about this right now because... <laughs> oh, you should be. You should be. Because I can just see your Ryan Johnson wheels moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about calling your shot. Oh, I already know it. Uh-huh. I already know what you're going to do right now. Okay, so let's just, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Force Awakens. Force Awakens. I say it's a solid start. Okay, there. We were very, very good about Force Awakens. We loved Force Awakens. Yeah. It Force Awakens for me, for you, it's solid. It's a B, like a turd. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the Bristol stool scale. Yeah, it sits right in the. <laughs> okay, Force Awakens is a B, and you it's know, honestly, that's I think it's pretty much in line with what we've all said. It's 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 a B. Yeah, it has a little too many echoes to the original movie a new hope yeah uh and i can't wait to hear what you're about to say Mm -hmm. about last jedi Mm -hmm. because the same complaints people had about force awakens you can have with last jedi go for it one more thing force awakens when when it is referencing something yeah when it is doing the the callbacks visually thematically uh that it does yeah it's calling back to shit that I like. Yes. Which, which elevates right. it. Right. Oasis is supposedly ripping off the Beatles. You're ripping off a everybody, thing. That, everybody rips off the Beatles. You're, you're, you're doing explicitly a thing that I love. The Beatles ripped off the blues. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, you're calling back to, okay, this is formative. This is great for me. Yeah. You know, uh, moving forward. Yeah. I'm just. <laughs> I'm going to take my relaxation bill. Yeah, you you need to. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, Kill me here. Yep. It is a solid A for me. Okay. Yep. The the message of the movie uh, is it's Kylo, right? What do you mean? Does the um, kill the past? Oh yeah, you know, let it die, kill it if you have to. Mm-hmm. And this is where coming into a series is something I love the balls of that. The idea of this can come, this story can go anywhere now. It is allowed to open up, much like the exam- expanded universe was previously. Mm-hmm. We are allowed to spin off and talk about other people and it's not just following um you know the uh token series he built a whole world yeah. there's there's a bible to that world and then there's different adventures which happen some of some bleed over okay right but outside of the uh, hobbit and lord of the rings you have other stories set in the same world that don't concern those characters so do they have the right to say it's as part of the Skywalker saga then? Is it a spinoff or is it a Skywalker saga? 
I think it would be a backdoor pilot if it was a TV show, right? It would be like, hey, we've got some legacy characters in here, but we're we're taking this person. It's the angel to your Buffy. <laughs> uh, also, just first, keep proving my point. I appreciate this because uh-huh. Angel's not as good as Buffy, but go for it. <laughs> uh, also, personally, the that idea, right? Like that has resonance for me outside of the story. Of it doesn't necessarily matter where you came from. What you do now, but that Luke, was the whole point of Star Wars. Was it? It did matter. Luke was special. Anakin mm-hmm. was special. Mm-hmm. Now. Everyone is special. That's not special. It's like what Beavis and Butthead said. If everything was cool, how would we know it sucks? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the idea that it is, uh, once again, yeah. each individual gets their own. Uh, it is no longer the difference between boys' fantasies and girls' fantasies, Right. Uh, boys believe that they're an adventurer, a conqueror of some sort. Okay. Girls believe that they are a princess who is in the wrong family. It depends on how you're raised though. Yes. But it's, um, I mean, it's, that's generalization, but there is an idea of the uh, boys individualism comes from them achieving something and girls, the idea, uh, and this was something like from a psych class that I took, you know, 18 years ago or whatever. Um, but that the, the female perspective was not as aspirational. It was that they were placed in the wrong circumstances. The idea here that you have a female character who follows the more male path. No, that's, I have no problem with Ray. Yes. That's not my issue with the movie at all. But so jumping forward. Yeah. When she has her, I'm a Skywalker moment. She's not. She's a Palpatine. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) The amount of people that have spun the other way. Mm -hmm. About what? About uh, what does she mean? What is she doing there? Uh, Just the fact that she was introduced and the Mary Sue element was levied against her. Argument was levied against her. There's truth to it, though. There is truth to it. Mm-hmm. She does things effortlessly in her first try on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a problem. Why is it? Because it's, it's an over course correction. Okay. I believe a course correction was necessary. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes we overly course correct and we make things too easy now for the female lead in a movie. Okay. It was never easy for Luke. Mm-hmm. It was never easy for, well, it was easy for Anakin. He was the chosen one. It was never easy for Indiana Jones. Guy got his ass kicked in every movie. Yes. It was never easy for Iron Man. Mm-hmm. It was never easy for Cap. Right. Ray had the easiest route of them all. Okay. And this, I think they had the right idea in The Force Awakens with Ray. Mm-hmm. Because it's the first time that we see, we see her trip up a little bit here and there. Right. But in The Last Jedi... She proves to be Luke's equal without any training. She bests him in a duel on his own planet mm-hmm. without a lightsaber in his hand. That should never have happened. Okay. It's also missing a third training session he was supposed to give her that he claims he did. <laughs> okay, that, that is valid. <laughs> there were three lessons. He taught two of them. Uh-huh. And let's be honest, the first one was just a history lesson. Mm-hmm. That's not a lesson. Here's your background. Yeah, right. Uh, you had, so I think they had the right idea with Force Awakens with what they wanted with Ray. Mm-hmm. And I think in, when you read the, when you look at how they planned it, how they claim that they planned it out. Yes. Let's be honest here. It was not planned out. It was supposed to be Abrams, Johnson, Trevorrow. Mm-hmm. Trevor O left to shit on Jurassic World Dominion. Congratulations, you fucked up two, two, two franchises. <laughs> okay. Uh, but when Abrams was doing the movie for Force Awakens, Ryan Johnson was watching dailies and writing his script. He was not getting notes from Abrams. 
mm-hmm. as for the choices Ames wanted to make. His mystery box thing, he gets shit on for all the time. Ask him what your plan is for all this. Uh-huh. If you leave it open, okay, here we go. But what Ryan Johnson did was he took all those mystery boxes and threw them away and said, I want to play in my own sandbox. Mm-hmm. That negate, That's not taking the baton and running with it. And but I think that was his biggest problem. This is the viewpoint, the difference between viewing it as a movie in and of itself. Yeah. And viewing it as part of the larger story. As a movie on its own. If it sat on its own as a movie, mm-hmm. I say it's a great movie. It it has uh it's got my favorite sequences from all of the Star Wars. Really? Yeah. The throne room fight is straight out of Return of the Jedi. It is it's more dynamic. It's shot which there's see there's parts where the weapons disappear in their hands. <laughs> Seriously. It's poorly choreographed. <laughs> oh my. Okay. This also it also comes from me uh having a love of samurai films, which is a hard influence on this. The design is beautiful. The Praetorian Guards, yeah. that whole throne room area is stunning. Yes. And I love the the accents that I see color-wise on everything. Mm-hmm. Something new. Yes. Do I think, given your uh, argument of derailing the series, <laughs> uh, absolutely. It, it is, I appreciate it as an individual yeah. project. I kind of appreciate it as a middle finger to everything else that is going on. Do I wish as a series that there was a, a redo of this particular thing to bring it more in line with, uh, like you said, the course correction and canon overall? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I would like to have my cake and eat it too. So when we did The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. we did it the night after we saw it. Okay. And I gave it a solid, let's see, I gave it, it was a, uh, I gave it, it, the range was a, we gave a range for it instead of a grade because it depended on what the next movie was going to do. So we okay. want to be fair and be flexible at the time. Mm-hmm. And my range was a B to a C minus. Okay. Because it could go one way or it could go very wrong in the next one. Yes. Okay. And if the third movie could find a, 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 a common bedfellow between seven and eight and make those two merge better together, uh-huh. then I would have called that, okay, this movie's a success then. It's part of a successful chunk of the story here. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I wrote down for my bottom three. I, my last one was all of the mysteries that Abrams initiated, Johnson completely dismissed. Who is Ray? We were told we were going to know. We didn't know by the end of eight. Mm-hmm. How will they deal with Han's death? They don't. Who is Snoke? Who cares? Will we finally get to see Luke be super powerful? At the very end. Yeah. But this is at the end of Last Jedi. Okay. JC claimed he we didn't see it. I made the argument that we did. Yeah. Did Leia ever learn how to use the force? Well, yeah. She floated through fucking space. <laughs> That's not an A. Okay. Did will Kylo Ren ever go full on evil? No. Who are the Knights of Ren? Who cares? Here's a lightsaber. It was funny. What was it? Star Wars? Once again, as an individual thing. Yeah. Apart from the rest of uh, canon. (laughs) The other thing to note about my particular viewing. I watched them out of order. That's important. Yes. And I also wrote down here, who is the audience for the movie? Star Wars adults. Okay. This is a long movie for kids to sit through. I I do think... uh, And the Canto bite sequence is fucking garbage. Really? It's awful. It's... I can't stand that scene. (laughs) I just want to fast forward through that shit. And honestly, you could and nothing changes. Oh, it's a pod race scene. (laughs) No, you're right. Yes. I will concede but, that. <laughs> but, but 
<laughs> that comes down to what thing you enjoyed more. Does, uh, going back to your matrixes, yeah. does the burly brawl, what does it accomplish? What was the burly brawl? W- with all the Smiths. Oh, it doesn't. That's why Revolutions, I've ranked so low compared to the original. Right. But. Or reloaded, I mean. But, it, you know, look at your other action things. John Wick is most of the stuff. If you don't like action, those movies are nothing. <laughs> Very true. If <laughs> It's like the story is like this and this. Yeah. If you enjoy the action and visual splendor mm-hmm. of particular films, uh, they might rank higher for you personally, which watching these, uh, because I had skipped the previous one initially. Okay. So it was after, uh, last Jedi for me. Yeah. But I also know you got a warm spot in your heart for Ryan Johnson. Yes. And I remember watching this and I remember watching it. I was, I was kind of like back and forth. Cause at the time I was like, okay, I see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Throw everything out. Um, but I also, Again, it's always been, for me, for me, the story of the Skywalkers. And yes, Kylo Ren is the last Skywalker. Mm -hmm. But they'll never give him the moniker. Right. Okay, so why is Rey here? Well, Rey is here because the Force is a course correction. It's a spirit that course corrects. It's why when uh, Vader, uh, when Maul dies... And Anakin is burned to death. Mm-hmm. It course corrects by giving Padme twins. Two are gone here. Yeah, yeah. Balance is over here. And Ray is a course correction with the Force for what reason? At, <laughs> at the point, if the movies came out in order. If they came out in order, yeah. In order. You would not have any satisfaction of, and this goes back to your, does it go higher or lower based on the following film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Uh, You would not have any satisfaction for Anakin and why he's so fucking special for a very long time. If they went in order? Yes. Well, you know right away he is. Why is he special? He was conceived from the Force. He's an immaculate conception story. But but why? Why is he, of course, correct? Why is he? Because in the Force, yeah, just like in the Matrix, you have to have this opposing balance, right? Right. And even it, though you think that he is twisted mm-hmm. one way, he brings the balance back. Does he? Uh-huh. Or were they talking about Luke? That Luke is the one that brought balance. And it came yes. from Anakin. Yes. Uh, much like this, this is, oh, yeah, let's this, go, let's go okay, there. This is getting deep. Uh, <laughs> if you didn't have Judas, yes. Would you ever have the resurrection? Better question. Not to go off on a passion of the Christ thing here, but <laughs> is Judas in heaven? It, he was part of the plan. He was part of the plan. He's part of the plan. <laughs> It'd be a shame to punish the guy who was part of your plan for this. Yes. Supposedly. He's not. But that's the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I I mean, I don't know where that comes from specifically. Are, uh, the religious discussion or? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Judas, like, not getting yeah. to go to heaven. Yeah. Uh, Dante's Inferno. That's it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but really, does that rank up there? Like, furthering God's plan, does that rank up there with everything else that you discover is in the, the seven hells. Does it, what Judas being in the seventh circle? Yeah. Does it rank up there? Yeah. Well, it wasn't my book. It was Dante. He had something to say about his government at the time. That's what it, it was a okay. bitch about his government. <laughs> the papacy was a problem. He wrote an entire poem about it. Yeah. <laughs> but once again, as Canon. Yeah. Uh, as a story, you're like, Hmm, he should get some redemption. Darth Vader. He gets his redemption. He kills one person after killing a bunch of children. Yeah. That's not a redemption. <laughs> that's, that's like saying, well, Hitler saved his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I guess he's okay. Mm. No. <laughs> you are the head of a mass genocide. Mm-hmm. 
because you say because you killed the guy at the top, that doesn't give you a free pass, brother. You're still going to Nuremberg. Well, you know what? <laughs> the one thing Hitler did do right. He killed- oh boy, this can cut out. <laughs> <laughs> he killed Hitler. He, well, you know he did do that. <laughs> Theoretically got- speaking, he did do that. He's got that going for him. <laughs> yes, he did accomplish the one thing we were trying to do. Yes, killed Hitler. Yeah, I will not cut that out. Okay. okay. Good. <laughs> I'm glad we've had this wide ranging discussion. This has been fantastic. Yes. Um, no, the way I described Rise of, Jet- Rise of the Skywalkers, you got to do that one next. Yes. Okay. Rise of Skywalker, the sloppiest ending ever. Mm-hmm. Go. I really liked it. It is. What? It's not an A. Okay. Good, 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 good. It's not an A. Yeah. I think it's it B to B plus range. I'll, I'll settle on a B. B. Yes. Okay. But for everything that it is, and for a lot of what I've heard, yeah, I really like. I'm in the upper <laughs> portion. Yes, you are. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think my analogy for this. It was, let's see. I'm gonna take my fanboy hat off. Uh, let's see. When I think about the oh yeah, when I think of this is Rise of Skywalker. When I think of this movie, I think about a four by one hundred relay race and track and field Mm -hmm. trilogies and franchises by their very nature rely heavily on the handoff of the relay. A good handoff can start your film with success. A bad handoff can start your handoff in the hole. If the first leg of the race was Lucas's episodes one through six, Mm -hmm. this runner's way ahead of the pack. Okay. They're killing it. The second leg of the race was episode seven. Good handoff. Kept the lead. Mm -hmm. Didn't gain any hit time. Didn't lose any. Just kept it going. Kept it safe. They call it the safe play. The third leg of the race was episode eight. Received the handoff, but appeared to be drunk while running and was shifting lanes every so often. (laughs) For some reason, this runner started jumping over invisible hurdles. Not a good look. However, they made it to the final runner. The fourth leg, the anchor of the race was episode nine. Sloppy handoff, fell behind, and then, rather than complete the race, ran back to the spot where the third runner started and re-ran his portion of the relay, Mm -hmm. as well as the final leg, thusly putting him in dead last. Mm Mm-hmm. That was my metaphor for Rise of Skywalker and what happened with the the sequel trilogy. Yes. Does that change your mind in any way? <laughs> I think as a satisfying movie within the the context of the other ones, yeah. it works a lot better than Last Jedi for me. Okay. Yeah. As an individual film, yeah. I don't like it quite as much. Understandable. But... Once again, this is coming from somebody who I will take Alien 3 over Aliens because Alien 3 isn't an evolution. It is a, okay, fuck what happened before. It's a Marvel that movie got made. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Like knowing the behind the scenes of that whole thing and what occurred. Mm-hmm. It's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> it's a miracle. Yes. It's it. it <laughs> It's an incestual baby. Oh. You sit there going, it's a miracle, but it has a tail. <laughs> <laughs> it's not beautiful. And claws. <laughs> and claws. Yes. Um, well, this is good. I'm glad that you got these in there. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you did. Now, not a whole lot really, cha- just the only thing that's changed is the new hope's getting in and Phantom okay. Menace is on its way out, which is probably more appropriate to what everybody would believe anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Now, Solo. Did you see Solo? Didn't see Solo. Good for you. Uh, I was the high person on that one with the mm-hmm. 62. And the only reason was because I thought that um, Donald Glover did a great job as Lando. Okay. And that's the only redeeming thing I can think of. Yeah. But did you ever, I meant to ask you this as you were talking about these, did you ever watch the video about the anti-trilogy? I don't believe so. Okay. I was high on the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I had trouble justifying why I was. And a buddy of mine sent me this video on YouTube where he talked about the sequel trilogy, but he called it the anti-trilogy. Mm-hmm. And he explained in, a, in the course of over 22 minutes. And I sat there watching this and I was like, oh my God, you're right. This is why I've had a weird feeling about this. Mm-hmm. And it changed all the ways I look at the sequel trilogy to the point now where I'm like, I don't even acknowledge it anymore. Right, right. And I acknowledge it the same way I acknowledge Fantastic Beasts as a part of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. No, it's over there. No, thank you. Harry Potter's over here. This is Harry Potter one through seven and Fantastic Beasts. You're a cute, you know, you, you tried. You're not over here. 
And so I'll, I'll send you the link to it because the guy does a really good job of explaining what happened with every step, especially with the choices that were being made. And he's a lot um, more forgiving about some of the directorial choices mm -hmm. that happened. Uh, I got worried actually with Last Jedi uh, when I bought the Blu-ray and I watched the featurette. Okay. about the behind the scenes because I was so fascinated by it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I watched it and there was a scene where they're going over this massive budget for this scene that they're going to go on. And Ryan Johnson's kind of sitting there. He's kind of nodding his head right there. And he starts doing this. And you're like, he's out of his element right now. Mm. This is too big for him right now. He might be the better director 10 years from now. He's not ready for this franchise yet. Mm -hmm. And I had more hope actually after Last Jedi when he, they say he was going to do his trilogy. Right. I was like, I bet that will be good because he'll be, he's more seasoned in this world now. This was all new to him. I remember him going to the convention, doing Star Wars Celebration, and how he was kind of like awestruck. Yes. And yeah. I'm like, you're a long way past what your last movie is. This is not Knives Out. <laughs> and Knives Out changed my mind on Ryan Johnson. I was like, oh, he is a good director. <laughs> Damn. You give him a small cast and a low budget, he can do some shit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, but also here's the thing. I don't blame Ryan Johnson. I don't blame uh, any of the trolls out there that have their things to say about shit. I just look at Kathleen Kennedy. And I just go, dude, you had, you had it in your hands. Mm -hmm. You were given it. And Lucas gave her his treatments and they threw them away mm -hmm. and said, we're going to do our own thing. And I think that was the worst choice they could have made because when you find, when you find Colin Trevorrow's script out there for what he was going to do after last Jedi, right? It's fucking brilliant. It ties it all together. It makes me like last Jedi. Uh -huh. I, I, and I've read the script like 20 times. <laughs> it's so good. Uh -huh. I found it online. I downloaded. It. I was like, yes, Yes. She's not a Palpatine. She's not a Skywalker. Her last name is some weird fucking thing. Yeah. And explain why it is because the force awakened. It popped up in a different place. Yeah. And that's what it was. She was never related to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll send you the anti-trilogy thing. And you know, if you know, it, take it the way you will watch it, like honest trailers, just kind of like, okay, it's an opinion Uh, for all that. Yeah the sequel trilogy leagues ahead of the prequels for me. Completely disagree. Yes. Uh, <laughs> my buddy, my buddy Cameron. Yeah. Who works. McCaslin. Yeah. Yeah. Works just up the street at the studio we shot at. Right. right. Um, they just did a, a feature totally unrelated. They just did a feature on his home arcade. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Cause yeah. he puts those together. Yeah. Yes. Um, he's just like you as far like anything for him. It's a hard line. Anything Disney just doesn't exist uh, no, in, the Star, do in the Star Wars universe. No, it exists. Uh -huh. It's just disappointing mm -hmm. that it's disappointing. Force Awakens started off so strong. Yeah. But I also see problems in Force Awakens now that had me blinded. Yeah. And the blinding came for, and, and I can blame Marvel for this actually. Okay. Marvel got me used to a specific, because Marvel's pulling out like three movies at a time at that point. Yeah, yeah. Every year. And Marvel got me used to, this is what the blockbuster is. This is the type of tone we're going to have. This is going to work. And when I watched The Force Awakens, I watched it with Marvel blinders on. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, the humor is great in this. This is fantastic. And now when I watch it, I go, the humor was not Star Wars humor. It was forced jokes. Mm -hmm. Star Wars humor in the original trilogy wasn't forced jokes. It was jokes that happened because of specific situations. Yes. You know, whereas this, it's Kylo Ren beating something up. And two, they have to do a clip of two stormworker troopers walking down, hearing him have his complaint, and go, "Okay, let's walk the other way." Yeah, that's a joke that doesn't need to be there. Got it. It's a forced thing, and that's a Marvel joke. When you're trying to compete with something that's bigger than you, that's already proven that you're no longer relevant. Uh huh. Because Star Wars at that point, right, kind of done. Marvel was the new head in town. You had to compete with that. So you put in a bunch of Marvel jokes in there and it got the audience to, yeah, yippee. Oh, Luke Skywalker threw his lightsaber over his shoulder. That, we would have seen that in like Captain America. That's funny as hell. Yeah. But it's not Star Wars because Luke would have never done that. Mm -hmm. And Kathleen Kennedy said something the other day in an interview, which I went, that's it. 
I'm done with you. Mm -hmm. She said, Luke, we're going to find out was a cautionary tale. Fuck you. (laughs) And how dare you say that? You are the cautionary tale, Kathleen Kennedy. Mm -hmm. You are. You are a producer. You're not a director. And you should, and you are not on Kevin Feige's level, even mm-hmm. though your resume is much bigger. You're not there. And don't get me wrong. Kevin Feige's star has fallen also. Yeah. Good Lord. So. But I did, I was encouraged by the idea that I saw the other day that they're changing the way that they pick directors at this point. And I thought, fantastic. Don't get the person who just directed a movie about a one woman show in a van to direct the Eternals. Uh-huh. Wrong human. So yeah, I, there's, I'm loving what Hollywood's doing right now. Mm -hmm. It's correcting itself. The force is correcting itself. (laughs) Here comes super Mario brothers. It's not a Marvel property. It's not star Wars. Shouldn't compete. Mm -hmm. Has zero, zero story, no depth. Mm -hmm. Make it $700 million. (laughs) Yeah. See, this is what we remember before Marvel. Mm Mm-hmm these movies and I have hope now because now Marvel's looking at that going we just got we just lost to a, a property that hasn't had a good story to tell ever mm-hmm. and we just lost and I think that that's a good thing because as soon as they saw that numbers they started bringing out these things that we gotta change the way we're gonna do things around here we're, we're, we're changing some things yeah good and hopefully Kathleen Kennedy when they announced those seven movies they were gonna do ahead of time yeah it's like, well, first of all, you've announced things before. Hold off on the announcements. But also, I noticed that she's bringing a lot of expanded universe stuff into it. Mm-hmm. She's figured out her mistake, and she's course correcting. Don't throw away the past, Kylo Ren. It was a <laughs> bad move. Bring it back. That will bring all those fans right back into your lap, because they're waiting. Mm-hmm. You're an expanded universe guy. Mm-hmm. What were some of the what were your favorite books for expanded universe? The I mean, that Timothy's on... Fantastic, right? Yeah. When they said heir to the empire in there, I bet you were kind of like, yay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's all it takes. Yeah. Throw us, throw us something. Don't keep telling us that we're the problem. <laughs> Don't keep pointing out that what we've thought for the last 30 years is the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You're alienating your audience. Give them what they want. If I watch My Little Pony, I want to see fucking ponies. I don't want to see a zebra show up. Uh-huh. What the hell's that doing there? So that's my, that's my, diatribe on that (laughs) (laughs) anything else you want to change (laughs) uh i want to add my my dune dune oh yeah yeah part one yes yeah which my greatest contingent on part two being good absolutely that's why it's an a okay i have hope because i've done even a little i've waited on this one but go ahead okay yeah absolutely because it's an a minus for me A minus okay yeah that is and that's even been bumped up for me. Okay. Um, since, because in the interim, since I've seen Dune, I have watched Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay. And Arrival. I love Arrival. I hadn't. I had not seen either one of them. Okay. So, once again, I'm watching things out of order. Yeah. But uh, that made me respect what he does more yeah. and have more faith. Did you see Annihilation? I love Annihilation. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I I don't think you can do anything wrong right now. I mm-hmm. think he's I think he's the new uh Chris Nolan. Okay. He's he's a newer version of Chris Nolan. Okay. And that he's he's putting together some very very strong serious mm-hmm. pieces of work that you can't help but respect. I I mean, I think uh, overall for me, yeah, I I'm higher on him than I would be Nolan. Yeah, a newer version of Nolan. Nolan for me dips after uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. No, after let's see, after Dark Knight trilogy, he did. No, you think he dipped before? Yes. So you think the trilogy isn't good? Um, I have to go back. This is one of my projects. Oh, okay. Is I'm going to go back and and rewatch them. Okay. Because I was incredibly low on all of them. Mm. Well, I like the the tone uh, of Batman Begins and the the storyline of it. Yeah. 
I really didn't like. I loved it. Um, I loved it because it was something different. It was real. Mm-hmm. It felt real. And Batman is the most real superhero in comics. Yes. And I thought, you know, great. We're not going to get a stylized Batmobile. Mm-hmm. It's military vehicle. Yeah, it's functional. It's functional. Mm-hmm. It's why I've started to come around on the Batman. Mm-hmm. I've started to come around, but I'm not quite there yet. Okay. But I've started to because Paul Dano's so fucking great as yeah. the Riddler. He's just so good. I, and I love emo Batman. See, I can't stand That's the part I'm having problem with. It's yeah. like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like the emperor in episode three. No, no. <laughs> uh, so Nolan. Nolan. Memento. Fantastic. Great movie. Um, I love Insomnia. That's Pacino and Robin Williams, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it's, it's very underrated. Nobody really knows it even exists. Yes. But it's a fantastic great yep. movie. Yeah. Uh, the Prestige. Solid. Yep. I. There's some great stuff in there. Yes. Yes. Um, where do we go there from there? Is it the your Batman's Batman's? Uh, the Batmans? Yeah. Are they like the Spidermans? Or uh, Inception, <laughs> Inception, I guess. Yes, yeah, like Spidermans. The, the Spidermans. Hey, yeah. Have you talked to Louise Spiderman down the street? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling up his uh, his oeuvre uh-huh. as a director. Um, just to get it in order here. Um, director. There we go. I mean, he pretty much writes all the stuff he directs anyway. Or his brother does. That's producer. I want director. No, director. <laughs> IMDb. Why'd you make this so fucking difficult? Okay, so. Letterbox is way easier. <laughs> so, Memento, Insomnia. Then he. I, why did I press the button? Then he did Batman Begins. Uh huh. And then he did Prestige. Yes. Then Dark Knight. Mm hmm. Then Inception. Mm hmm. Then Dark Knight Rises. So we've got a real like uh, hills and valleys going on for me. I see one big fucking mountain there. Uh-huh. Because again, Dark Knight's a masterpiece. As a comic book movie, it's a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And Dark Knight Rises is a valley compared to that. Mm-hmm. It was never going to reach the heights that it did. Uh, but he follows it with Interstellar. Which is the one I haven't seen of his. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interstellar is great. I've, I've even seen following and I really like, following. but I, I also say that after interstellar, he drops off because Dunkirk, I thought was overrated and tenant was unintelligent. So Dunkirk, uh, I've seen once mm-hmm. saw it in IMAX. Okay. It was stellar. Okay. It, I mean, it is. And even, uh, him talking at the time, he was like, if you don't see it in the biggest format possible, you're not seeing my movie. Oh, yeah. Sam and I saw it in IMAX. <laughs> my my argument about that is, I don't know if you're making a movie then as much as an art installation. If you're making a thing that primarily only works in one context. Well, then avatars are too. I would not argue with that. Yeah. yeah. In which case, though, then, then the question then is, what defines a movie? Right. Uh, but for me, <laughs> for me, Lawrence of Arabia, the first time I watched it yeah. on like my 25 inch or whatever TV. Are you watching on a four inch iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I've seen part of it on my iPhone since then. I totally have because it's one of my favorite movies. Um, Not meant for the iPhone screen. No. Uh, but that for me worked on, you know, the, the little screen yeah. that I saw all the, the Stanley Kubrick films. I first saw on small little screens. Okay. Uh, 2001, you know, yeah. deserves to be seen huge. Yes. Does it still like uh, existentially fuck me up on a little screen? Yes. Yes, it does. Of course it does. If you think about it, it does. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dunkirk, not so much. It's It was great in the one context. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? The uh, All, Qu- Did- All Quiet on the Western Front, I just watched yeah. in the theater. I would not have sat through it at home. Great experience, though. I mean, here's the thing. Dunkirk, made, it was like, Dunkirk was like Hacksaw Ridge for me. Okay. By the end, it was, I felt like I was in the war. Yeah. And I know that that was the idea. And yep. it, it, it it accomplished what it needed to accomplish. 
whether you like that or not is an entirely different thing. But do I care to see it ever again? No. Yeah. And for me, that's kind of like the mark of, okay, if I was, if somebody said, I nominate Dunkirk, Mm -hmm. would I be like, okay, let's do this. Or would I wait until the last fucking minute to watch this movie? (laughs) And I know I'd wait to the last fucking minute. (laughs) Cause I'd be like, I, I've seen it before. Mm -hmm. And it's like talking about scream. Everyone's tried to do saving private Ryan. Yes. You're not saving private Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) And Dunkirk was, I understand it's accomplishments. Uh, And then there's tenant. And I'm just kind of like, I I have no love for tenant. So when I first saw inception, I did not like it. Okay. It had been too hyped up. Oh, everyone was like talking about how clever it was. So you're like three or four weeks in longer than that. Oh, see that. I hate the overhype. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Which most things it doesn't get to me. Yeah. Most things I'm pretty good at it ignoring or separating my, my feelings. Yeah. Um, but it was when people were talking about how smart it was mm-hmm. and I'm like, it's not that smart. It's not, it, it's not that complex. The idea of these layers. I was like, it's like a video game. Right. Right. It's yeah. very, it's actually fairly straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it doesn't have the inventive as also the fact that they set up a world where you can fold the city in on in on itself mm-hmm. and then the final uh attack yeah is something out of a bad james bond film well it's down to one idea yeah yeah um like you they set up hey here's the thing you should never do is break the reality within the world right because it might destroy the mind of the person you're in mm-hmm and then they don't do anything with that. Well, it's a lot. Again, it's it's what you were talking about earlier about how every movie has some plot holes. Mm-hmm. They all do. There's never a perfect movie out there. And I mean, Inception, it's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interstellar, I'm curious what you're going to think about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I'll say this. I don't think I've ever heard smart attributed to anything Christopher Nolan does. I've always heard it as it's epic. Mm, I feel like uh, Memento and Inception. That's those are the things I heard. Yeah. Um, which I, I wonder if. Let's see. Did he? Because he writes pretty much everything that he does. Uh, his brother does. Uh, well, written by is he's part of the credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. yeah, he he helped write Inception. Mm-hmm. Uh, and no, he was the he was the only writer on Inception. Oh, was he? Yeah. And for Interstellar. Written by, this is a him and his brother. Okay. Yeah. Johnny Nolan. Yeah. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he also helped write the story for Man of Steel. Huh. Yeah. Epic, epic, epic. So my feelings about Tenet spin yeah. off of my feelings about Inception. Okay. Because, and I might feel differently about Inception if I watched it now. Okay. Tenet is dumb Inception. I agree. Yes. But I see that as a feature, not a bug. <laughs> so I went, I remember going to see Tenet with Joel. Uh-huh. And we were 45 minutes in the movie and I leaned over and said, hey, he goes, where'd I go? Do you have any idea what this movie's about right now? I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's Christopher Nolan. Like, that's not an excuse. Mm-hmm. That's shit writing. <laughs> If your audience doesn't know what's happening within the first 45 minutes, you have failed the audience. Mm-hmm. And I hate it when you hear directors say things like, well, they just got to think a little harder. Oh yeah. Dude, don't put you there. Don't put yourself there. Yeah. Okay. I, I just spent $18 of my money down. I'm focused. Am I an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but Oppenheimer I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Because it's Chris Nolan. He's got the name. Mm-hmm. It's like McDonald's. Oh, you're serving shit on a burger? It's McDonald's. I bet it's tasty. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are in his favor. Um, Or J.J. Abrams. As much as people shit on J.J. Abrams, I will watch anything he puts out. Lens flares and all. Yeah, I love J.J. Abrams. I do. Everything. Super 8 is the most underrated movie 
of his entire movie. Nobody talks about it and how good that movie is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's super, it's so good. It's Stranger Things before Stranger Things. A lot of the things that Stranger Things got got praised for, Super 8 got slagged for. I remember when they were praising Super 8 is, this is the next generation of Goonies, basically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, it is. Yep. And I love those, too. Yep. They're so mint. Okay, I put that in a script. You put mint in a script? Yes. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> love it! <laughs> but yeah, Chris Nolan, I mm-hmm. he's, he, he does good things. He does good things. He does more good than bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I shouldn't hold it against him that I don't understand certain things. That's Maybe I'm in the wrong frame of mind at the time when I'm watching it. Oh, I, I watched Tenet at home. Uh, the the audio mix is so bad. Yeah. Like, but supposedly... That's right. I couldn't hear the the words half the time. Yeah. But Dark Knight Rises is the same way. Is it? But he course corrected on that one. Mm-hmm. When they first did the the uh, the watch for Dark Knight Rises with the with the uh, the panels, no one could hear what Bane was saying. Oh, or, yeah, I remember hearing that. So they ADR'd all his language, and now it's abruptly obvious mm-hmm. that it's not him speaking. <laughs> but now you can hear him. Uh huh. Uh, and Tom Hardy, you know, it does a great job manipulating his voice to do the to do the role, but. Sometimes we want to hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And what? Closed captions. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love the Dark Knight trilogy, but it's one of those things where I only watch it like once every two or three years. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I watched it. I, I'm good. Back to Marvel, you know, or DC or whatever it is. Yeah. It's its own animal. The uh, both of the first two of the trilogy yeah. uh, suffered from the thing the Alfred Hitchcock talks about um, your re- refrigerator door moments. I'm listening. Things in the movie that don't make sense, but they don't bother you until you've gone home from the theater and you're getting some cake and milk out of the refrigerator. <laughs> so what, what would be one of the things, for instance? The problem is both those movies suffered from the lack of that, the, the, the parts that bothered me mm-hmm. bothered me during the movie. Really? Yes. Like immediately. Like for instance, what, what was one thing? The, um, admittedly it's a great feat, but the, the big chase, uh, in dark Knight with the semi trucks, uh, Oh, dark Knight rises. Is it in rises? That's in rises. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the, the, uh, and I gave that a C. <laughs> I gave Rises Rises a C. Okay. Yeah. Um, that the the action of it. There's something about the rhythm, the cutting, the the choreography, the locations. Yeah. That pulls me out of it. It. You know what it was? It was during the day. Batman's never operated during the day. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, <laughs> yeah. that's a big problem, because Batman's a night creature. Mm-hmm. Most of Dark Knight Rises take place during the day and Batman just walking around in a suit. <laughs> the uh, There's a video called uh, In the Cut by Jim Emerson, uh, who it's a video essay. Okay. About the, uh, it says the... In the Cut? In the Cut. Uh, it details the Dark Knight car truck chase sequence analyzes how it's put together and whether the grammar of it makes sense. No, it doesn't. Yes. I no, I, I know that without watching the video. <laughs> I, that was one of my big bitches about this was that who edited this? <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, that's a huge problem in that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the ending of that movie is problematic on many levels. Yes. Okay. The buildup to that the first half of Dark Knight Rises is brilliant, mm-hmm. but it was, I almost feel like they started with that idea and said, okay, now what do we do with it? it right. Well, we have to end it. How? Yeah. Well, you know, Alfred said this at the beginning. Let's make it happen at the end. Okay. It, uh, we have to crank something out because we don't have Heath anymore. He was supposed to be in the third movie. Yes. 
one of those things of, uh, and I've experienced this when you're writing, whatever you're writing, an essay, a script, a story, you tend to work on the first part over and over again. Oh, (laughs) I bet. Yeah. You're, you're looking at it and that's what you have the most thoughts about. It's that first chunk. You're like, okay, you really iron it out. And then the last of it, because it comes later, you don't work on it as much. Mm -hmm. You physically don't have the time to do it. Yeah. It's one of the things I like about nonlinear editing for video. You can do, you can jump around. Yes. You can hit your beats wherever they fall and then put your filler in the middle. Writing, you write from front to back. I love writing. Mm -hmm. I love writing. I love, as I used to tell my advanced language art students, I love being the God of a universe that's a blank page. Because okay. I can make any, I can make anything happen now. Yeah, and it's the one time that there's no rules in your life. Yeah, and so unless unless you say it's a rule, then you better follow your own damn rule. Yes, and Christopher Nolan creates rules and breaks them on whims, but excuses them. Yes. Does he do that with Batman Begins and Dark Knight? No. With Rises, yes. I think he got sloppy after. Keith died mm-hmm. because again, he's already come out and said he had a completely different story for the third movie. Right. And you know, the studio, they were like, <laughs> <laughs> we need that third one. We, we, we got a timetable here. We got to run on this. Yeah. Okay. Who can get, we'll get my boy, Tom. Hey, you want to play, you, you beef up a little bit, pay Bane. Sure. Okay, cool. Does that builds the first half based off of a comic book, changes the rest of it, makes it weird. And it just, doesn't hit. Everybody hated that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a shell. I'll, I'll watch anything with a comic book thing on it. Right. Except for barbed wire. That was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> what about tank girl? Would you believe I've never seen tank girl? Okay. I've never seen it. I've only heard legend. Yeah. Um, but every now and then like a meme will pop up from tank girl. And I know exactly what's from. Yeah. Cause Lori Petty is very recognizable. Yes. Um, is she still alive by the way? Lori Petty? I hope so. Like, I remember she was on Origins of the New Black, but for some reason I thought she passed away. Okay, she is still alive. 59 years old. Good for her. Yeah, hey, born in Chattanooga. I did not know that. Now you know. And knowing he's half the